you know, the Saints haven't hired a head coach from outside their own building since 2006 and haven't fired a coach in season since 1980. <laughs> so, as you tweeted, there's no organizational precedent for this. Saints fans have seen enough of the Dennis Allen era. They're ready to make a change right now at head coach. Would it behoove the Saints to make a midseason change, even if there's no real organizational precedent to do that? We have thoughts on that coming up next. But first and foremost, it's the Saints Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by my friend John Sigler. He is the managing editor of USA Today Saints Wire. John, how you doing this week? Oh, man, I'm doing fantastic. You know, we've had this cold front uh, lash through and uh, I've, been, I've been enjoying it. So it's made, made getting my three miles in every morning much, much more comfortable and Give, give me a lot of time to uh, not think about Saints football these days. It's great. <laughs> yeah, that's, Saints fans need that bad uh, right yeah. now. It's it's it, we're down bad. Yeah, I got I got snow. I got rain up here in the Northeast, so uh, it's been we had a little bit of a wintry mix last night. Getting cold. It's definitely that time of the year as you start to get towards Thanksgiving. It's it's good stuff. This is this is usually the time when you know what kind of football team you have, John. Right? You know by Thanksgiving whether you have a real team or you don't. I think we know with the Saints that we don't have a good football team. We don't have a good uh, a good head coach. We don't have a good situation. And you've seen enough. You've seen enough to to you know put it bluntly and to dive right into the show here. You have seen enough. You wrote a big column on Saints Wire about how it's time for the Saints to move on from Dennis Allen. The team just has not improved over the ten games to start their season. Uh, you know, and actually, you you just think they're they're showing the same mistakes over and over. Players, coaches, what have you, that we saw back in Week One, right? Talk about this column a little bit. You you wrote this and you just basically said, you've seen enough. Now's the time. There might not be precedent for this, which we could get to, but you've seen enough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the Saints, I've not seen any positive growth from week one through week 10 to sit here and say that, hey, you know, Dennis Allen is the man for the job. You know, he's the one who's going to write this ship, uh, win a bunch of games down the stretch and get them to the playoffs. I, I don't see any reason to believe that. Um, this team, they're just as prone to you know these mistakes that we saw in the season opener in, in the first uh, four games that we've seen over the last four games, you know, where they're just prone to mistakes uh, in penalties, blown assignments, missed tackles, um, dropped passes leading to interceptions. You, you're, you're seeing all of these things that, you know, a, a coach who was may, maybe being more proactive uh, would have addressed uh, two months ago. And you, you haven't seen any of that growth, any, any real reason for optimism. And it's just, it's just so disappointing considering the expectations that the Saints had for themselves going into the season. That they did not think they would be 3-7 and seven right now. They thought they came in here expecting to compete in, in, an, in a weak NFC South and uh, get back to the playoffs, you know, winning double-digit games this year. And that's not going to happen. You know, the, the, they're a bad football team. Uh, much of that falls on coaching. And when you look at where they should be and where they are, uh, there's just such a disconnect there that I, I just don't see any reason to string it out, string it along and, and draw it out further. Yeah, I hear you. And I'm reading from John's column here. Uh, John, you wrote, Allen isn't going to be the Saints head coach for 15 years like Sean Payton was, whether he's dismissed this week in a few months or in a year or two. This story ends with the Saints showing him the door. He hasn't earned any benefit of the doubt in these results or faith that we'll see a major turnaround. So I thought that was a cool uh, way to put it. And why is it better to move on right now? Right we, now, you tweeted this is some interesting stats uh, in terms of just the Saints organization. You know, the Saints haven't hired a head coach from outside their own building since 2006 and haven't fired a coach in season 
since 1980. <laughs> so as you tweeted, there's no organizational precedent for this. But why do it right now? Well, I mean, there are some rising stars around the league. I think in this next head coaching cycle, there's plenty of there's plenty of candidates that either who haven't haven't been fired yet or would be fired here. You know, Josh McDaniels, Nathaniel Hackett over in Denver. There's a there's a few guys that are going to get uh, fired, John. And some of these rising stars around the league are probably going to be head coaches. I look at Denver. You know, Ajiro Evero, their defensive coordinator, I think is is on the right. He's coached up the number one scoring defense in football, despite having an offense that is dead last in scoring. They score less than 15 points a game, but yet his defense is still the number one scoring defense of football. How that works when their other off, when the offense is continually punting is like really good. So that's good for Evero. He's a rising star. I love D'Amico Ryans over in San Francisco. I think he might be my favorite head coaching candidate um, in this next cycle. So it's just a, a way of saying like, it doesn't really do you any good to kick the can down the road and wait, right? As you said, John, if he's not going to be the guy for the long term, and I don't see any reason why he would be at this point, why kick the can down the road? Why miss out on some of these rising stars that we're seeing around the league? I, I totally agree with what you wrote in your column, but I'll let you answer the question as well, though. Why do you think it's better to move on from Allen right now rather than later? Yeah, I just think there's a number of changes they need to make, and I think that would be a good way to kind of kickstart it. We've seen what happens when they wait too long, and and what happened uh, this past offseason, uh, whenever Sean Payton stepped down from the Saints, one of their top priority candidates that they wanted to speak with uh, about the job was Brian Dayball, who got who never had a chance to even interview with them before the Giants hired him. So that's to me, that's just one example of them missing out on a candidate because they were they they didn't get in they just didn't get involved uh, soon enough. And if you if you just let it run with DA and you just play this out as long as you can, um, hoping that he figures it out. Uh, I just don't see it's. I just don't see it going their way, and they're going to continue missing out on on good candidates. They're going to continue to uh, miss out on these opportunities to improve, and there's just no reason. There's just no no reason to draw it out to me, um, especially when they had a roster that everybody, you know, Sean Payton himself said that he thought DA should be the be the coach this year because this roster was ready to compete right away. Uh, they they. You know, the, the, that was the expectation. And we've seen the total opposite of it. And that falls on coaching. You know, you, you, we can say, sit here and talk about injuries and bad luck and, and whatnot. Uh, but it, good coaches can figure it out. <laughs> you know, uh, what was uh, Bill Belichick's record with, with uh, who was it? Was it Jacoby Brissett starting games? Uh, didn't he win like three or four games with, with uh, Brissett as his quarterback? With a combination um, of Brissett and Garoppolo. Yeah, they won. I think they went you. three yeah. and one. They went three and one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. So you're telling me that they can't even get to 500. Like it's sad. And I, I don't see any reason to draw this out. I, I think it really benefits them to, uh, you know, make a move now and just try and, and try and prepare for the future, whatever that may be. And evaluate the young players that they have in the building, see, see what, what they have there, who's worth holding on to, who maybe should, uh, you know, be seeking greener pastures in the spring. Um, just be proactive about this. Don't be reactive. Don't sit here and wait and, and, and you know, have false hope th- that uh, things are going to go your way if you just, sit, if you just stand, stand pat. Now, folks listening, why is John asking me a question about Bill Belichick? It's, it's because he knows I'm a big Patriots fan. And he is just <laughs> subtly and passive-aggressively bringing up that Brady's deflate gate suspension. He's just very subtly doing that. Good, good for you, John. <laughs> Good for I've got you. to, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you picked up what I was putting oh, down. Oh, no, there. no, no. I know what you're doing to me. 
How, how dare you, man? How dare you? So I, I know Saints fans are on board with this, right? Because there is a freaking petition out there demanding Allen be fired. Now, I saw the post on Saints Wire. I read it. There was like 500 signatures on it or whatever. Uh, but we were talking before the show that that has climbed uh, exponentially. John, what's, what's that now? It's up there and it's way up there now in, in terms of fans signing this petition, wanting Dennis Allen fired. Yeah, we're, we're recording here uh, Wednesday afternoon, and it was already over 4,300 uh, signatures and climbing in, in, in real time. So this yeah. would not be an unpopular move not at all. with uh, Saints fans, I think. Um, you know, it, it, to me, it just keeps coming back to, you know, how the Saints were, they just, they had no idea that this could happen, that, that the season could go in the tank this badly. And, you know, they thought they were a playoff team. That's why they made that trade with the Eagles to get a second first round pick this year. Um, that's why they went all in chasing Deshaun Watson, because they thought they were one piece away. And that, that, that's what they needed to be to be competitive. And it turns out that, no, that's not the case. And that, to me, that falls on coaching because everything that they've done has been DA's vision for what this team should look like and how it should act and how it should be built. And it's just failed in every phase and i just think that i really think they've got to make a change and just drawing it out as long as possible um it's just not going to benefit them yeah and i can understand why the fans are kind of fed up and you know you know the petition thing is kind of corny but it, sometimes it can get your point across when you have over four thousand signatures and counting that's a pretty good sample size and you know you watch da in these in the in the post game john and i can understand the frustration right like Again, you're you're totally right. You're nailing it on the head. Three and seven. This is not what anybody expected or or thought. You know where where we thought we would be, and you expect the head coach to be out there, kind of, I don't know, taking some of the responsibility at least more than it, it comes across when he says comments like, you know, quote, when you get in situations like these, you just got to fight your way out of it. There's no other way to get out of it than to fight your way out of it. This is where you got to lean on leadership of the group, and they got to pull us through. And it's just like he seems to be deflecting a little bit, right? It, it seems like he doesn't think it's his problem uh, or so his fault, or he's not taking enough responsibility or what you, you hear him in the post game, John. And it's like, often it's like, man, does, do you even get it? Do you even get why people are so pissed? So I think that's part of this too. Yeah. You know, you sit here and you hear the sound bites and you see DA say, saying things like, um, we're, we're really going to lean on our leadership this week to carry us through this crisis. And it's like, my guy, you are the leadership. You are the leader. Exactly. Like, you're the one who should be standing up and addressing the team after a game. You're the one who should be making changes. You're the one who should be taking accountability and responsibility here. And that's just not happening. You know, he he, he talks a big game. He, he says the right things. But it just feels like empty words. We're, we're not seeing him, you know, take action and, uh, you know, bench someone who's not playing well and, and give someone else a, a chance. Uh, or, you know, time put into, into practice to work on turnovers and penalties and, you know, these things that just haunted the saints uh, since September. And it's just really disappointing because, because you would, you know, you would, you would like to think that over the last 10 years, he's learned from the mistakes that he made uh, when he was coaching the Raiders. And that's just not happened. You know, it, it looks, uh, that's something else I wrote this past week is that, uh, you know, Dennis Allen's version of the Saints looks a little too much like his version of the Raiders, which was just a sloppy team uh, that that lacked, uh, you know, quality leadership at the top. And that, that, that's, that, that starts with him. Yeah, it's a great column that column that John wrote on Saints Wire was posted a little bit earlier this week. And it's not just you going, you know, it's not just you saying, John, to fire the coach, right? You this is a, a very well thought out. You break it down. You say, OK, you need an interim coach. Here's who we could bring in as an interim coach. You mentioned Doug Marone and some other guys, right? The defensive uh, coordinator, you know, there's some other 
even Pete Carmichael you threw in there. There's there's some names you can move into an interim role. You mentioned guys that they could go higher and and you know the, the next head coaching kick the tires on Eric Bieniemy if he doesn't hate you, right? And there's there's a lot of stuff in your column <laughs> yeah, that, that you wrote about. Uh, and, to me, that yeah, I, I don't, yeah, and I, you know j- just because this has come up pretty often among Saints fans ever ever since it happened, I, I don't think it's realistic that Eric the enemy would consider the job again, again, um, you know, after the saints, you know, to, to be honest, they gave him the runaround. Like they had this man sit, come in on, on come in on the weekend and spend eight hours on a Sunday uh, interviewing for a job. And at the end of it, they said, okay, thanks. Uh, we'll, we'll call you if we need you again. And yeah. man, if somebody wasted eight hours of my time on a Sunday, when I could be kicked back with the family, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't answer I would never answer a 504 phone call again, nope. uh, area code. I, w- I would never pick up the phone again. So I don't think that's realistic, but I, I would, I would, I would love to see it happen because I think the enemy is a good coach. He deserves an opportunity to to run his own team. And I just think that I, I just think that he would be a great option for the saints. I'm still disappointed that they didn't uh, hire him when they had the opportunity. But, but anyway, we, as you said, we I talked about all that in greater length in, in, in the piece. Uh, please be sure to hit up saints wire and check it out. Check it out for sure. And another thing that we're watching on Saints Wire and just, you know, on the injury reports and whatever is what are we going to do at quarterback? I think we've all seen enough of the Andy Dalton experiment. There seems to be a little bit of steam behind Jameis Winston returning. At least they were evaluating it was the word we got out of Saints camp. So we'll we'll dive into that topic here coming up next. But first, here's some fantasy advice from the huddle.com. This is the typical sports book fantasy minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Roy Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number 11. The New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones versus the Detroit Lions. Jones isn't an option for the faint of heart. He has 20 or more fantasy points in two of the last three games, but just 10.8 sandwich in between. Jones' role has been mostly that of a game manager in 2022, and he's thrown zero touchdown passes in four of nine contests. This week, trust him versus Detroit's laughable defense of the position. No team has given up more fantasy points on the year, and much of the success is due to four rushing touchdowns allowed. This profiles well for a gamble on Jones in a week in which three viable starting quarterbacks are on bond. Running back Isaiah Pacheco at Los Angeles Chargers. We saw him take over the backfield last week with 16 carries, but he has no role as a receiver, which makes him a risky play when facing a tough ground matchup. Luckily, this isn't one of them. LA has allowed the second most rushing yards per game since week 5, and a touchdown every 22 attempts is the seventh highest frequency. Barring something freaky happening, the rookie should be a strong fantasy play as LA looks to contend with all of the weapons in KC's powerful offense. Wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones at Buffalo Bills. He has quietly emerged as one of the best PPR number 3 receiving options in fantasy over the last six weeks. Peoples-Jones has logged at least nine PPR points in three of those contests, and he has more than 11 fantasy points in four straight. It's fair to assume that the attention paid to Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper will work in concert with a likely pass-heavy script from Cleveland to get Peoples-Jones into double figures yet again. Don't be scared off by the name of Buffalo. This defense has yielded the fourth most yards per game to wide receivers since week five, and only five defenses have allowed receivers to score at a higher clip. New York Jets tight end Tyler Conklin at New England. In the Week 8 Patriots win, Conklin racked up a pair of touchdowns on six catches for 79 yards. New England has struggled to contain the position all year, and it shouldn't come as a surprise if Conklin once again finds the end zone. Even still, Conklin is a fringe fantasy play in most formats, but deserves a lineup spot for those desperate to wager on another touchdown. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out The Huddle. 
sportsbook.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with the huddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at typical sportsbook. For a limited time, new typical sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typical.com for terms and conditions 21 plus only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado all right we're back and we have uh we have breaking news actually John is posting an article on Sateswire as we speak and so it's going up uh there is no uh there's no converse you know there's no question on who the states are going to go to is it going to be Jameis Winston is it going to be Andy Dalton it's going to be Andy Dalton right John the Dennis Allen just re- just uh confirmed Andy Dalton starting again for the Saints in this game against the Rams. My, my read on the situation is that after this past Steelers game, the Saints kind of thought, that, well, we, we know this happened actually because Dennis Allen said it, uh, is that the Saints are going to evaluate their quarterback situation, uh, meet with everybody, meet with Jameis Winston, meet with Andy Dalton, um, kind of re- review the tape and everything, and say that and, and decide like, hey, who's going to start this week? And at the time, he said, yeah, you know, uh, Jameis Winston is a distinct possibility. You know, this might be the week where where we make the switch there. And then after a few days, after having all those meetings, after reviewing everything, looking at the injury report and considering all this, they're sticking with with Andy Dalton. And what's interesting is that whenever they first made the switch, um, back when they they took uh, Jameis Winston off the injury report, uh, Dennis Allen said that, hey, we're going to keep we're going to keep Andy in. Um, and this is about performance, not about health, uh, that, you know, Jameis, he's not on the injury report any, anymore. Um, and we're, we're going to uh, just ride with Andy Dalton because the offense is, is playing, is playing, be- is performing better with him under center. And now he's saying, well, Jameis Winston isn't 100% healthy. He probably won't be 100% healthy this season, um, even, even though he is healthy enough <laughs> to be the number two QB and practice fully. Uh, and he he's not receiving treatment from the medical staff anymore, but it seems like he's kind of walked that walked that back a bit to say that well actually the health is a consideration. So I I don't know what's going on. I, I, it worries me that Dennis Allen doesn't seem to know what's going on here. But at the end of the day, the Saints are going to be starting Andy Dalton against Aaron Donald and, and the Rams on Sunday, and I wish them the best of luck. Yeah, there's a reluctance to go back to Jameis for for whatever reason, and I know that. There are some some Jameis stands out there in in the Saints fan you know world right. Wow. There's a lot of Jameis stands. You've argued with plenty of them on Twitter, John. Uh, you know I follow you on Twitter. I see all your stuff. Um, it's great theater. Uh, and it, it here's the thing. What, am I excited that we're gonna have to watch Andy Dalton again? No, I, I've seen. I think we've all seen enough of the Andy Dalton thing. Um, it, we would all love something new. The the problem is. The going the the something new is going back to Jameis Winston, right? I, I don't think they're going to do the Taysom Hill thing, like they said it in the off season, and and now would be the time. But that isn't even something they even talk about bringing Taysom Hill back as the quarterback. So I don't think we're going to see that. So it's either Jameis or Andy Dalton, and we could keep going back and forth all we want. But really, the at the end of the day, it's just neither are a great option, and the offense isn't going to get much better either way, right? That's just the reality that we're living in. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, the metaphor I think of is that it's like you have a car, and sometimes it starts and sometimes it doesn't, and it leaks oil. Oh, I bet. And you, all, all the lights are coming on all the time, and you're sitting here looking at it and thinking, "Should I paint it red or blue?" 
<laughs> and it's like, my guy, you have underlying <laughs> issues here yeah. uh, that, are, that are a little more important. And it, it doesn't matter what, what we're going to do. Um, so, I, I, gosh, it's, it's a mess. And like, like you said, you know, neither of these guys are good options. Neither of them are going to save or win the season. And I, it, to me, I'm just ambivalent about it. Like there's so many other things going wrong here that I, I don't have much faith. Either of them are going to, are going to get this, lead the team back to the playoffs. Um, start if they want, you know, let's just get through these last uh, seven or eight games and uh, try and, uh, you know, try and approach the off season with a fresh perspective. Try to get on with our lives, get, get over the season. John. <laughs> yes, All right. So yes, on, on that yes. note, on that note, we got to get to our positive part of the show, right? We've, we've been promising ourselves we're going to get some positivity into the program. We're not, we can't just sit here and, and just rail against the team because n- nobody wants that. So let's hand out some game balls, right? Caden Ellis, Caden Ellis. And I think Juwan Johnson is another one. Uh, and then you could throw anyone else on here, any other game balls you want to give out. But I thought Caden Ellis was a good one, right? Pete Warner was out. Somebody's got to step up. It was it was Ellis who who got the chance, and you know he had a hell of a game, right? I mean he you know had a pass breakup in the end zone, uh, a big one uh, for uh, you know off a, pa- a Kenny Pickett pass to Najee Harris. He had a sack, uh, seven combined tackles, including one behind the line of scrimmage. So uh, Caden Ellis uh, flashed, second year player. So that that was a that's one game ball, and that's a positive. Yeah, Caden Ellis did a great job filling in for Pete Warner there at the weak side linebacker spot. That, that's not something we've seen him do before. He, you know, he's always been the starting strong side backer um, ever since the Saints drafted him. Gosh, uh, you know, three year, three four years ago now, um, I believe he's a former Idaho Vandal, and he, he's always been limited to these sub packages uh, to, to the base defense, which the Saints don't use very often, and. You know, he really rose to the occasion here. So he, he deserves a lot of props, a lot of credit. Um, and I think that's going to help him in a big way because he is in a contract year and he is going to have other teams uh, potentially interested in signing him uh, here in just a few months. So good good for him for making the most out of this opportunity. And I think your favorite saint is Juwan Johnson. You love this guy. You wrote about him again on Saints <laughs> Wire, John. Uh, but he, he just all he does is catch touchdown passes and he's been a reliable guy. I mean, along with Chris Olave. In the passing game, he's probably been your most reliable guy. Uh, so, Jawan Johnson, he ended up on in, in some of your articles again. Yeah, so, I, I think we could give him a game ball as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jawan Johnson had five catches for 44 yards and a, and a TD this week. Um, he, he scored a touchdown and at least one touchdown in uh, three of his last four games. So, he, he's coming along strong at tight end. So, good, good for him. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned that it seems like all he does is make plays. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> that that's it. Uh, the guy has caught 45 uh, receptions in the in, in three years and he's converted the first down or scored a touchdown on 28 of them so it seems like all he does is uh, pick up a fresh set of downs or score a td so he, he he's a player on the rise and the saints uh, should really uh, continue uh, getting the ball in, in his hands so I, I, I was really pleased to see him play so well uh, against pittsburgh against a good steelers defense i think uh, and you know, hopefully he'll continue to uh, make plays for for the Saints here in Week Eleven. Yeah, that Steelers game was tough. We we did get TJ Wadded. I thought that you know all our fears came to life, John, when we were talking about that game last week. TJ Watt comes back. He changes everything for that defense, uh, for that team. The Steelers start ripping off chunk runs all over the place. It's like, oh, here we go. Right, <laughs> it was just just a tough game. You would not think the Saints would be uh, favored. And, you know, against any opponent this week, but they are, they're favored by more than a field goal against the Rams. 
So we're going to break that one down here and make a prediction. All right, John, obviously we're, we're down bad. The Saints are down bad. We're three and seven. Not good. The Rams are down bad as well, right? They're having a, they're having a rough, uh, you know, season going, coming off the Super Bowl. It's been rough for them as well. They're three and six. Zero run game. They have no one to hand the ball off to. No run game at all, which has been a staple for Sean McVay's offense over the years. They just placed Cooper Cup on the IR with this uh, with a bad ankle injury. And oh, by the way, Matt Stafford didn't start last week against Arizona. It was John Wofford. So the Rams are down just as bad as the Saints, maybe worse. And it, it maybe it is worse because the Saints are four point favorites over the Rams this week. Four. What do you think about that spread in this matchup against a, a Rams team that is uh, they're struggling? There's they're def- there's no other way to put it. Yeah, neither of these teams are in a good spot. They're both dealing with a, just a ton of injuries, a ton of absences. Um, Cooper Cup is not going to play in this game, and he is as important to the Rams passing game as any player in this league uh, could be. So he, he's going to be down with an ankle injury. We don't know if Matthew Stafford is going to play, like he said. Um, it's going to be a mess, and I'm not surprised that the Saints are favored here. Uh, I, I think that they'll. Uh, I could see them winning. You know, you know, maybe, maybe I, I could see them coming out and maybe surprising some people um, with, with a win. But you know, I, I don't have high hopes or and expectations for this game. I think both of these teams are kind of just circling the drain at this point. Gosh, it, it's the kind of thing where I'm like, let's just get this over with as quickly as we can, <laughs> um, and then and, and just and just move on. Like, like if if there was a way you could. Um, Oh gosh! Uh, j- just um, sim simulate the, the rest of the season and just and just get to the off season. That that's what I would do right now. <laughs> you got to go here. to sleep <laughs> and, and wake up in February. Yeah, that would be great. Um, but you know, you got to make the best of it. So we'll, 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 we will see. Um, I'm really concerned with Aaron Donald coming to town and the Saints being down. Um, well, here the injury report just dropped. There's another breaking news for us. And out of the the five starters along the offensive line. Uh, James Hurst did not practice. Andrews Pete did not practice. Ryan Ramchek did not practice with an illness. Um, that's new for him. Um, and Eric McCoy is on injured reserve. So four of the five starting offensive linemen are not practicing on Wednesday uh, with Aaron Donald, um, you know, the defensive player of the year favorite uh, coming to town. So it's, it's not going to be easy and it's may not be very entertaining either, but you still got to uh, play with the hand you're dealt. You got me dying. I'm like muting my mic over here, John, just dying laughing here. Your commentary <laughs> on this. Yeah, it's like it's the opposite of what we're trying to do. We're trying to like talk up the team and, and get people to want to listen to the show and read stuff on Saints Wire. It's just like it's hard, man. It's a tough time. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, we're really separating the strong from the weak here. <laughs> exactly, um, exactly. Those listening are diehards. Yeah. Especially yeah, we, at we this point. We are greatly appreciative of you. 100%. Yeah. And, and this one is tough because. You know, with the same okay, so Andy Dalton's playing quarterback, but yeah, but like, are we still going to do the same thing? Uh, is are we not going to be able to get Alvin Kamara going in the run game? Are we not going to use Taysom Hill? Which we're, we're for some reason we haven't seen a lot of the Taysom Hill stuff ever since he had that crazy four touchdown game. Uh, you know, we haven't really seen a lot of him him being a factor in games. So, are we going to do some of that same stuff and and have Dalton? It's going to be we're just going to circle the wagons on this thing, right? Or are we going to see some? some actual changes like it's hard to uh, back the Saints with four points even against a Rams team that's down like this because they're just not they're not inspiring us to to want to back them at four points right John it's that's that seems like a lot of points to be back at the Saints right now against any opponent uh, but yeah I mean Alvin Kamara Taysom Hill that thing continues to be puzzling right why two of your most electric players 
uh, are just not getting featured and not getting the ball enough and not helping you move the football and score points. Yeah, it's it's perplexing, and I, I think so. I think a lot of that is on Pete Carmichael, um, where he he's really he's he's been he's just been calling a very conservative game plan, and he's just not really involving his playmakers as best as he could be. You know, how, how long? How many weeks has it been since we've saw a screen pass to Alvin Kamara uh, go, go anywhere? Um, it's, it's been it's been a while. Uh, Taysom Hill had, had you know he he ran for three touchdowns in the game and hasn't found the end zone since. And it's just it it, it it's frustrating. Uh, it really is um, just to see guys you know who are in the prime of their career, uh, you know, hoping to get out there make make a play, maximize their earning potential for themselves and their families. You know, to kind of circle back a bit uh, what we were talking about. Uh, with, with that long column about moving on from Dennis Allen and everything that follows, I would really like to see the Saints make a change at, at a play caller right now. Um, they gave their uh, quarterbacks coach and passing game uh, coordinator, um, Ronald Curry, they gave him play, play calling duties in the preseason to kind of prepare him for a situation like this where he may be the one on the mic. And I would really like to see his version of the offense, uh, what kind of tendencies he would embrace, what he would do differently. Um, I, I think it's needed. And for a big part of my thinking there is that, you know, P. Carmichael didn't want this job. Like he, whenever Sean Payton stepped down, and I think we talked about this last week as well, when Sean Payton stepped down, P. Carmichael said, hey, um, I don't want to be the OC anymore. I want to be a position coach or an advisor or something with, with a, a less um, prominent role on the staff. And the Saints kind of had to talk him into hanging on as OC and then asking him to be the play caller. And I think we're seeing that where he's not really – you know, motivated to do this. And I, I think he's, he, he may just be going through the motions a bit. Um, and I, I think it would really benefit the team to kind of take a fresh perspective there, see if someone else can get more out of Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara and you know, e- even Chris Olave and uh, young, young guys like R- Rashid Shahid uh, could be out there. Making plays. Uh, something that just baffled me when I was re- looking back over all, everything from, from this past week, Kevin White ran the third most routes of all receivers on Crazy. the team. Yeah. Um, that that is that's weird, right? That's <laughs> really strange. strange. That's the wrinkle we um, came up with, Kevin White. Yeah, and I, I understand rewarding a guy for you know putting a lot of effort into it as a blocker, um, helping out on special teams, doing everything the right way. I understand that, but that shouldn't come at a detriment to other players um, who are you know you know better qualified uh, to, to to work with those reps. Marquez Callaway should not be a healthy uh, scratch on game days uh, behind Kevin White. Um, you know, even Traquan Smith should not be playing behind Tra- uh, Kevin White at this stage in their careers. So it's, 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 it's weird. The Saints are in a weird spot. I really think they need to make some changes. But as we mentioned earlier, there's no organizational precedent for it. Um, I don't see them making a coaching change midseason. I think if, if changes are coming, we're not going to see it until January. So, you just got to keep your chin up, um, try, try and uh, find the, the bright spots, uh, the highlights where we can, and uh, just do the best we can to have fun with it. And look ahead to Thanksgiving. That's coming up here. Yeah. You know, do that thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I've got friends getting on Saturday, and good I cannot food. wait. It's going yeah. to be a good time. Look ahead to good food. Um, so, yes. all right, John, I haven't heard an official prediction. Um, do you think the Saints can win this one by five or more points? In my official uh, predictions for the – uh, for the, for the week, the 2022 Week 11 preview preview for USA Today Sports Weekly. There it is. I said that the New Orleans Saints would 
win this game by a touchdown. Okay. Uh, my, my blurb here. Uh, both of these teams are playing bad football. They're both dealing with injuries at key position. The Saints still have more work, more to work with than the Rams, and they should rebound on their home turf. So I, I like the Saints here. Um, I could I could see it going either way, but I really like to think this is the week the Saints figure some things out and 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 come away with a win. It's a good time to do again. This Rams team, they're really having a tough time. They're really having a tough time. These injuries are piling up on them. Uh, it's it's you're finally getting a team at a good time, right? It always seems like teams get healthy against the Saints. It happened again with T.J. Watt last week, right? The Steelers they get their their most important player back against you and they win. Uh, but the Rams, it's the opposite. They lose one of their most important players, in Cooper Cup. They might not have their quarterback. Who knows? So, yeah, I could see I could see the Saints winning this ball game by a touchdown as well. So for John Sigler, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us this week again. Check out all the stuff that the guys and uh, you know gals are writing about on Saints Wire. Always good stuff up there. We appreciate you diehards for listening this long to the podcast and sticking with us through a tough season. In all honesty, we do. And we will catch you next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.